This is the Timbo Slice Podcast featuring Jordan, episode 8. Welcome back, everybody. Today we have a new guest, the enigmatic cigarette smoking man that you may know from the series X-Files. Spoilers, he's Agent Mulder's father. Oh, snap. At least I'm pretty sure he is. Maybe I didn't watch enough, but that does actually sound familiar. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Mm. Spoilers. Yeah, well, people have had more than, what, 20 years to watch it. When did it go so. off the air? Did it make it through the 2000s? Seemed I like think so. The 90s was the end of it. Yeah, I think so. Aren't they bringing it back? Uh, did they? I think they already did, right? Like for a season? I know nothing like about Like on Netflix TV. or something? I never watched that. I, I didn't really. watch it either. I don't even know if Arrested Development is still going. They did bring that back for another, for season five, and that just ended like, I don't know, like half a year ago or something. And I think they're done for good now. Okay. It was okay. It didn't live up to the first three seasons, but I think it was probably better than season four. I don't know. It was okay. Could have been better. Yeah. So anyway, what, we, what should we call you for short then? So I don't have to say cigarette smoking man every time. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> El hombre de cigarillo. That's not any shorter. No. It's but it not. sounds cool. Of course. So you've been working at Exactware now for eight months, is that it? Almost nine? Nine months. Well, almost eight months. Almost eight months? Because you started in January, right? <clears throat> the end of it, yeah. So how, how's that going? Awesome. It's awesome. You're liking it? Mm-hmm. Liking your team? Liking the work? Yeah. How do you feel about QA in general? Is it interesting? Boring? Monotonous? Uh, I think it's dying. Dying? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, I think there should be more QA in the world. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Or at least at this company, right? Well, no, I just think the trend overall. Well, trend overall, you mean moving moving away from manual? Yeah. Why do you feel that way? Um, I think there's a lot that needs a human to, to, like, a lot that needs interaction from a human, not a machine. I agree. I mean, machines are good at doing the same thing over and over again, following a repetitive script, something that's... Um, something where all the cognitive work has been done up front, right? It's front-loaded. Somebody has thought up a good test, a good set of steps, something that's going to be reliable, valid, and then they set the machines on it, and they just have those machines do it over and over again, but it's very difficult for the machine to adapt or, or interpret or anything like that. So, so yeah, I mean, it has its place. Um, but, yeah, if you want somebody... We're looking at software with intelligence, then, yeah, yeah, for now, until we have AI, right? We're going to need humans to continue to do that part. But you feel the, the, the shift towards automated testing is kind of leaving manual QA neglected, like redheaded stepchild kind of thing? Is that what you're feeling? Um... Not necessarily just that, but also that QA isn't really valued. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, it's it's often said at this company that we value quality. We want quality software. We want quality products. 
we want to focus on quality. Um, but it, when it comes down to it, it doesn't seem like people are that serious about it. You know what I mean? Like if we, if we were really that serious about it, we would have different practices and, you know, different, different ways of doing things. Like for example, we, we'd spend less time on custom development and more time fixing defects or cleaning up tech debt or refactoring decades old code or whatever. Right. And we'd have, you know, there'd be more respect or, and resources given to those who are involved in verifying that quality. Right. What do you think, Jordan? I think quality is one of those things that you have to talk about. So, um, it's easy to talk about it without caring about it. Yeah, lip service, right? Because you can't not talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think we get what you're saying. QA kind of dying. I don't know if dying is the right word, but yeah, it's it's definitely struggling here. I think, and it. I mean, I I, can't, I think it always has been in at least in different ways throughout the time that I've been here. I've been here what eight years. A long time. Yeah, eight years. And there's always been some major problem or struggle that the QA teams have faced. But in some ways, things have gotten better. In some ways, they've gotten worse. I think overall, though, it has improved, though, right? Would you say? Well, let me think here. Yeah, I think the integration part of it is good when I started the QA all sat in one area and mm-hmm. the developers all sat in another. Yeah. So there was physical separation, right? Significant physical separation, more than a cube wall. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just naturally leads to more friction. Yeah. So now that we're all sitting by each other, that makes it better. So that's a definite improvement since when I started, right? Mm-hmm. There's no more physical separation. Yeah. I feel like QA is a little bit better paid these days too, but then again, it's been like eight years, so I don't know if that's really true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because QA does start at a little bit higher salary than than they did back when we started, but eight years and like in that time, housing prices have like doubled in this area. It's hard. It's I don't know. Maybe it's not any better because of that. Maybe it's even worse. Yeah, housing in Lehigh is problematic. You can't live here unless you make a lot of money. Yeah. What do you think the cutoff is? Like how much you need to make to live here? Yeah, to be to be Lehigh livable. Oh, well, houses in my neighborhood, right, which are starter homes built in the 90s, are selling for 300000 plus. Wow. So even if you can't afford that, if you're average citizen of Utah or America, say you're coming here from another state, you would probably rather have a home in Eagle Mountain or Saratoga Springs where you can have significantly more for the same amount of money. Yeah, but still, if you're making QA salary, then the kind of like the lowest end single family house you can get is going to stretch you to pretty much the limit. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hmm. You can't live here as a QA well, you could probably buy an even older house, right? So I'm talking about 90s starter homes. If you bought a 1950s starter home, you could probably live here. But you're talking about 
like a lot less space yeah and maintenance issues i mean just all the problems that come with having an older home right yeah and there aren't really any older homes in the areas that are cheap because the areas that are cheap are all like the new areas like you said eagle mountain right yeah you could get more right like just compare that 1950s home in lehigh with something brand new in saratoga springs or eagle mountain Mm -hmm. but like they don't have anything probably pre like early 2000s in those areas just because they're so new so you can't find you can't find an old house in a cheaper area you can either find a new house in a cheap area or an old house in an expensive area right to look at the low end you know i don't know i think i think you could get something small in eagle mountain without being over leveraged at qa salary i think like 50 to sixty thousand, like that range you could find something like you said something small and old here like you know near close to the freeway or in a new area you could find something that's newer and probably bigger but far away well, the developers I know, it seems there's only a percentage of them that choose to live here. Yeah. And there's probably various reasons, but I'd be surprised if housing wasn't one of them. Right. And we're talking devs who are probably making close to double what you are. Some of them are making that or more. Some of them probably a little bit less than double. So, and I think even they are looking at the housing prices and feeling like it's too much, like it's difficult. So I don't know. Um, Yeah. I think Tyler decided to move to Eagle mountain, right? Yeah. He really liked living close here, but his wife wanted to own a home and financially Lehigh was just a bad idea for them. Yeah. Plus it's, it's always better to be building equity than renting if you have the means, right? Yeah. So, so I think it was a good move for him. Has there been recent turnover in the desktop or the mobile QA? Um, recent turnover? Not really. It's just, just we ate at the angry Korean, I mean. There was turnover this summer, but I don't know. Not since then. Yeah, not really since then. <clears throat> I think there, there was a dev in mobile that left. And then Robert just left from desktop. So two devs have left, I think, in the last month or so. But I I don't think anyone in QA has left. So firearms, military history. Have you picked up any interesting tidbits recently? Well, those are your... uh, (laughs) That's how you recreate, right? Learning about (laughs) those things. Sure. Yeah, what do you want to know? Oh, what have you learned recently about the history of our military or any military that you're reading about? Or Um, firearms? I don't know. That's really general of a question. (laughs) So what do you focus on? What do you like to read about? Civil War? World War I? World War II? Revolutionary War? Um, The art of war. The art of war. That's pretty old, right? That's going back. Yeah. Have you read The Art of War? No. I have. I did a, a report on it in my MPA program. We had to pick a strategy book, and I'm like, heck yeah, 
Sun Tzu, The Art of War, Jordan. Wait, is that a real strategy book? Oh, yeah. yeah. What else would count as a strategy book? <laughs> probably. Well, there are lots of... Probably a, a lot of modern ones that are written about business strategy, yeah. I'm sure there are tons. I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but that's the one I decided to go with. We had like a... It was teams of two. You had to read a book related to strategy and write a report on how, like, you know, what you learned from it and stuff like that. So that's what we chose. Was it a good pick? I think so. It was interesting. Um, I I don't think I was experienced enough in like real modern mm-hmm. business to have gleaned a lot out of a book like you know that focused on that. Whereas now that would probably be more useful to me than the art of war right just because i've worked at a company i've held management positions you know when i was a student i didn't really have any work experience so back then taking an abstract i mean it wasn't abstract it was written specifically for war but then the you know linking that to modern life and and business and whatever leadership is is an abstraction right just because it's a different subject and so I think it was a good choice for back then, but it probably wouldn't be super helpful to read that for me today. That makes sense. It was good enough for a report. Yeah. But it didn't have any real business strategy. I mean, it does. That's it, what I've heard. It, it does, but it's like, you know, it's the word I'm looking for. It's almost like just a book full of axioms or, you know, I yeah, that's what I thought it, it was. It's kind of like that, you know, like, like don't, like, what was the one, the famous one? Um, you don't w- go to war and then try to win. You win and then go, then go to war. You know, you, you basically figure out the steps to victory and have your victory already kind of yeah. visualized and planned and mapped out before you take action rather than the reverse. So Sounds stuff like, like that. a collection it's, of Chinese success posters. Basically, yeah basically <laughs> did the guy actually fight yeah supposedly wars? supposedly i mean he was a real general he won tons of wars and i don't know a ton about the history um but does that mean that he was good or his opponents were bad or was he just lucky it's a good question you never know right i discovered He's... a book in my uh, local library recently i forget the name of it but it's something to do with luck talk some about people that work on Wall Street in the financial markets mm-hmm. and how they like to tell the story of their really shrewd traders, right, and good business analysts, mm-hmm. and et cetera. But lots of their success is just luck. Right. It's, what's the word, survivorship bias? Is that what it's called? <clears throat> where, Probably. Yeah, there was a good XKCD comic about this where, where there was a guy giving a speech to like a crowd and he was saying, I spent... 90% of my paycheck every month, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I spent 90% of my paycheck every month for the last 15 years on lottery tickets, and then eventually I won. That's all you have to do to see success too, to be like me. Just buy, you know, spend 90% of your income on lottery tickets for the next 15 years. And <laughs> it's just making fun of kind of like the whole culture around survivorship bias, where it's like, this, this is the guy who succeeded, and... Therefore, something he must have done led to it, right? Where that's not necessarily the case. It could have been pure luck. Um, it could have been something 
more than or different from what they're claiming led to, or what they believe led to their success, right? So I thought it was a funny comic. Yeah, funny. And I think the book was really, uh, it was uh, popular. I don't know what circles in. And I'm not sure uh, all of the diverse flavors of luck it talked about, but that was one of them. Mm. Was uh, financial traders. Hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't believe in luck, Jordan. Well, when you're a Jedi, you don't really have to. I guess so. Just need to believe in lightsabers and force power. Hmm. That's plenty to believe in. So back to the, the military history and, and stuff, Chris. Did you have anything? Uh, were we going back to that? Yeah. <laughs> we, we never really... Uh, I was curious how much luck you needed to have in order to know if you could be a financial person. Hmm. A trader. Good question. I imagine um, part of it. How do I know if I'm lucky enough to be a day trader? Do I just need a cat to <laughs> well, pick things for me? <laughs> so I think you need more than the luck, right? So the luck comes from success. Things that are expected of you, I believe, if you're a Wall Street person, is you're going to work 80 hours a week minimum, right? You're just going to be working all of the time. And you're okay with high pressure and high stakes. Yeah. So you have to accept that as normal first. So I can't pick it up as like a side hobby? Uh, not to be one of those people, right, that gets talked about in Bloomberg or the Wall Street Journal or whatever. If you want to be a Peter Magellan or a, what's his name, Warren Buffett or mm-hmm. insert famous financial guru here. Who wouldn't want to be Warren Buffett? Uh, nobody. Everybody does want to be Warren Buffett. <laughs> Do you have anything for us on the firearms, the military history, Chris? No, no not really. You have a specific question. <laughs> what's What's the number one gun that has come out or is coming out that you think is interesting or cool that you would like to have or wish you had? There's a lot of these. Um, <laughs> let's see. The top of your Christmas list. You're making a list so, for I'll, Santa. I'll start it off by saying the. The one that has come out recently that has gotten me the most interested is the the CZ Scorpion Micro, I think what it's called. Okay. The Micro Scorpion. It looks really cool because it's it's so small. And I think it has like a 20-round mag of 45. And it has a what's supposed to be kind of like an arm brace, but you can use it as a as a stock so you can kind of have like a a really tiny semi-auto smg style gun it looks like it'd be really fun to shoot and great for um if you needed to use it indoors close quarters looks like a lot of fun what do you think um yeah it looks cool i would buy it it's expensive though (laughs) it's brand new and really popular and I think it's I think it's launch price was something like twelve hundred ish. Expensive Jordan. Yeah, that's a lot for a gun. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but uh, you do save money with like buying pistol cartridges if you get a carbine like that. Mm. It's true. It's a lot cheaper than rifle ammo. Would you spend twelve hundred on a gun, Jordan? <laughs> I would not spend twelve hundred on a gun. But if it was a phase plasma rifle in the forty watt range. Hmm. Heck yeah, I'd buy well, that for twelve hundred. For a sci-fi gun, <laughs> I probably would. You know, just 
to have the story to tell. See this plasma rifle? I'm the only one in the world. <laughs> well, it may not be the only one. Oh, well, if everyone has a plasma rifle, why am I going to pay 1200 for one? Hmm. I'll just steal yours. Hmm. I'd pay 1200 for a plasma rifle in a heartbeat, Jordan. Yeah. In a heartbeat. What would you do with your plasma <laughs> rifle? What wouldn't I do with a plasma <laughs> rifle, Jordan? I would hunt woolly mammoths, of exactly. course. Exactly. Try shooting all sorts of different things. First, you'd shoot a hole in the space-time continuum. Exactly. Jump back in time and start hunting mammoths. That's right. They might just clone mammoths, so anyone need to go back in time? Maybe. From mosquitoes and amber? I guess we wouldn't need that because we have their... I don't know. Is their bones enough? I guess we have bones from everything. I don't know. I don't know anything about cloning prehistoric animals from... DNA. What would you clone, Jordan? Uh, nothing. Bring back? <laughs> I, I, I learned my lesson from Jurassic That's Park. Right. You should not be too preoccupied with what you should clone so much as ask yourself if you should clone it. That's right. If Jeff Goldblum is worried, Dr. Ian Malcolm, you should be worried too. Mm-hmm. He studies chaos. Yeah. He knows what can go wrong. What is what does that mean? He studies chaos. <laughs> Chaotician. He's a chaotician. Yeah. Is that it's, a, it's a branch of math. So he took like chaotics one oh one in college. <laughs> I really don't know. It means you're super smart and when you need consultants to endorse your dinosaur island, you reach out to the chaoticians. Do you how many chaoticians do you reckon live in Utah? <laughs> Probably zero. <laughs> My experience. It's not a common profession. Most math, most math magicians are not as eccentric as Dr. Ian Malcolm. I would not even come close, not nearly pretentious enough to call themselves chaoticians. Or maybe it wasn't pretense. Hmm. I wonder if it's actually a real field. Like, do people actually teach that at universities somewhere? I don't know. I imagine there's an advanced level math course having to do with it. But Probably. I don't think math people, they're not like doctors, right? Like, I'm an anesthesiologist, right. I'm an ophthalmologist, I'm a chaotician. I don't think they do that. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they do. So statistician might be the one, but I don't think they consider themselves hardcore math people. No. They're more like... They're hardcore statistics people, which yeah. is a good thing to be, because people will give you lots of money. Is that so? Yeah. If you're good with the statistics... Yeah. Should I become good with the statistics? Actuarial science is what they call it. Generally. Yeah, you should. Like, isn't that uh, Verisk offered some data science thing that they yeah. would pay for you to go through, mm -hmm. right? I wonder so. if they still do that. I looked it up for, um, I looked it up the other day to see if it was still being offered, and the it's still up on the uh, the website, and I guess the the post they made about it, but I haven't heard anything about it for years. Yeah, I don't know if they're still actually doing it. Yeah, data science is more about um, kind of like business intelligence. Um, and then there's the, the statistics side that goes into actuarial science is about kind of like predicting risk. That's what all the insurance companies use to figure out how much to charge you, essentially. Like they have actuarial scientists saying if you're a male between these ages and you 
do drink and you drive an expensive car and, and you, you own a plasma rifle yeah, and you didn't finish <laughs> college or whatever you know they uninsurable come, yeah they they figure out your level of risk based off of the the questions that you you know the answers to the questions that they give that are designed to profile you so that's who does that risk assessment since you're the cigarette-smoking man and you're interested in firearms, do you have anything to say on the subject of the Kennedy assassination? Nothing. <laughs> Not a thing? Nothing that, that you want to say or nothing that you're at liberty to say? <laughs> um, I think there are a few things that are suspicious about it. Um, I know it was just in the headlines this past week. Have you seen the Oliver Stone film? I have not. It's pretty good. It's one of those movies that sucked me in. I think JFK is what it's called. Mm. It's old. came out in the 90s, I think. But really good. Why was it in the news lately? Oh, the guy. I don't know his name. Um, the deputy who's in like the famous photograph with um, the Harvey Oswald getting assassinated. I think he like died and that was in the news. Oh, okay. Civil War then? No, of, I want to hear what he said was suspicious. What he thinks is suspicious about the assassination. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald getting killed was suspicious. Mm. Anything else? Um, <laughs> so you don't think he did it then? I don't know enough about it to say. Yeah. Um, Are there any conspiracies <clears throat> that you do know a lot about? No. None of you them? You like Bigfoot? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Bigfoot. If you know anything about Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> no. The reason there are no confirmed sightings is because Bigfoot has the only plasma rifle. That's right. I want there to be a, like a local Bigfoot. So, I don't know. How do we get that started? Do we need like a Bigfoot suit? Uh, it'd be pretty hard here. <laughs> I mean, it's mountain desert, right? So maybe in the canyons you could start that kind of a thing, I guess. I just wish we had our own, like, cryptozoology, I don't know, folklore in Utah Valley. The Wasquatch. <laughs> That's the perfect name. Yeah. The Wasquatch. The name is good. Yeah. Good name is the first step, right? I guess Jackalopes probably. Lives in the Uintas, the Wasquatch. The ja yeah, I think Jackalopes probably, their, their <laughs> range, if they were real, would include our area. Hmm. Yeah, we do have jackrabbits, probably. Don't know if I've seen one in this state. What about hmm. chupacabras? Isn't that a Mexico thing? It's a goat sucker. Yes, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what it means. <laughs> we don't have a lot of goat farmers here, though. Whoa. You have goats. I've seen them around. Really? Yeah, more, mostly sheep, though. There are some. Once are we, again, we're getting more and more urbanized all the time. Do you mean goats in like people's yards? Or do um, you see these goats? I've seen some in, yeah, <clears throat> in, in people's yards. Also, I've seen kind of farmland that has just like one goat on it you know like i don't see like a herd of is that i don't know if it's the right word of goats i'm sure there's a word for a flock. yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> i don't think it's flock. as there is for every animal 
a something of goats. Yeah, like a a congress of babu or you know whatever. They yeah. have all the ridiculous names. Yeah, a murder of crows. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. I don't know what kind or what to call it, but I have not seen a group of goats. Just maybe one or two here and there. So we definitely goats. have them. A what? I want to have goats. Oh, you want to have goats? That's my goal. Your goal is to have goats. How many? At least two. For what? So that well, they don't get lonely. No, but I mean like... <laughs> oh. <laughs> what do you want to have goats for? Are they going to keep you company too? So you won't be lonely? I'm sure they'll scream if, if I go out of sight. But um, for... Either for dairy, like having goat mm-hmm. cheese, milk, yogurt, or yeah. that's kind of the secondary thing. The main, the main thing I would want them for is as beasts of burden. Really? Just, yeah. What well, your goats carry for you? <laughs> yeah, I want to have pet goats, like like four or five, ideally. You just bring them all in the trailer, and then you, I could just go out in the woods for like a month, and the goats will just bring all my supplies for me. What would you do in the woods for a month? Whatever I want. <laughs> you and Napoleon Dynamite. So, vacation so, with goats. Why goats <laughs> instead of like mules? Um, the easier? Yeah. So a goat can go about like, it can go a long time without water. And it's a browsing animal like a deer. So it can just kind of eat what's around it. Hmm. And, you know, they're more agile. They have cloven hoofs. They're just made for the mountains. Hmm. Have you ever gone on a mountain vacation? Just disappeared into the woods for a week or two? No, but I want to with with my animal pack with me. Got to get the goats first. The goats, the doggies, yeah. How Maybe much we could is, have a mule? Maybe a horse too. How much is a goat? I don't know. Hmm. They're probably not that expensive if you buy them when they're like kids. You know, like really young. They're probably not that expensive. I imagine they're more expensive when they're already an adult. Yep. Hmm. So you need to get property large enough to have multiple goats. Yeah, goat. Yeah, goat paddock. That would be cool. I want lots of animals, not just goats. (laughs) What else? Chickens. Yeah, chickens, ducks, uh, rabbits, um, doggies. goats (laughs) goats <laughs> you sound like you need a farm um maybe it's a lot of animals i'd like a farm yeah You'd, maybe would, pigs i don't know though <laughs> wouldn't it be full time to like take care of manage all these animals yeah i'd probably need help too yeah hired mm-hmm. help farm hands farm hands a farm boy <laughs> <laughs> You should play Stardew Valley. Why is that? Because it's one of those farming simulator games, like Harvest Moon. You ever played any of those games? No. No. Can you raise animals? Yeah. You basically start with a a farm that's just like a a shack with, you know, it's overgrown with weeds and rocks and trees. And you just start clearing ground, planting crops. You make a little bit of money, use that money to buy seeds and better tools, and you just keep going until you have this whole, like, can it be a ranch though? Can you get like cows and goats? You can get, I know you can get chickens. I got far enough to get chickens and you can definitely have cows. I don't know what other animals are available. Can you but... have highland cattle? Because that's what I want. I don't know. Okay. I don't even know what highland cattle are. 
you'll have to post, <laughs> Look a, it up. post a picture of them for this uh, podcast. Mm. They're amazing. Highland cattle. They have better hair than me. They're amazing. Better hair? Yeah, they look bodacious. You gotta look them up. <laughs> what? Cattle that look... Uh, yeah, a Highland cow. They're beautiful. Really? I'm gonna pull this up. I would just quick. have them just to be my friends. Yeah, I wouldn't... I wouldn't you, they wouldn't serve me. any, like, purpose? No, these animals would just be there to hang out to, with To me. look good? They would just <laughs> hang out with me, yeah. Dude. They do look pretty good. They look like... Like, a woolly cow is what I would call it. Like, if a cross between a woolly mammoth and a cow. They look like something that probably went extinct, or that should have gone extinct, like, Whoa. in the last ice age. I mean... Don't curse the Highland cow. Yeah, not, don't I, don't, I, don't, cow. I don't want them to go away. I just mean, they, they, they look like a prehistoric animal. To so me. how do you know about Highland cows? Because they're beautiful animals. <laughs> Is that one of your superpowers? No. Encyclopedic just... knowledge of beautiful animals. That's what I would want to have on my on my ranch. See, Tim and I both did not know that the Highland cow existed. Yeah. And I don't think anyone in our vast audience of listeners knew about Highland cows before this either. Oh, I'm sure they did. According to Wikipedia, their long hair gives them abil- the ability to overwinter and... Their milk has a high, very high butter fat content. Yum. And their meat is regarded as of the highest quality. So it sounds like it'd be a waste to have them just to look good. <laughs> yeah, they'd be my friends and I could use their milk. Yeah, yeah. I can have water buffalo too for their milk. Aren't water buffalo super dangerous? I hope not. Because I want to have some. I'll keep them separated from the cows. I guess maybe if you're hunting them. I hear they're <laughs> dangerous if you're hunting them. Maybe. If you get a real water buffalo, you can make a real mozzarella cheese. Really? Is that where yes. it comes from? Yeah. It's supposed to use water buffalo milk. Huh. How do you know that? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Are you going to come to my farm and hang out with the water buffalo, Jordan? Well, if you, you continue spouting wisdom like that. See, I just thought mozzarella was just some way that you made cheese, not that you had to get the milk from a water buffalo. <laughs> I mean, that's like an Italian name, isn't it? Or is mozzarella not an Italian name? Yeah, it's Italian. Definitely Italian. Yeah. Are there lots of water buffaloes in Italy? I don't know the range of the water buffalo. <laughs> you just know that for real mozzarella, you've got to have a water buffalo? Yeah. Hmm. For authentic you, mozzarella. You've got to cite a source for that, man. You can't just oh. claim the authentic <laughs> you, you mozzarella. Can, you can search it later. How to make mozzarella. <laughs> Step one, find a water well, buffalo. What's cheese? Yeah. Is, there, is there a word for like the art or study of cheese making? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, like chaotician? Is there no, a word no, no. for like, <laughs> I'm a cheese maker? Cheese Yeah, a cheese smith. Shoot. Fromager? <laughs> Fromagier. Yeah, you can, you can say cheesemonger, but there there was a better one. Cheesemonger sounds great. There's one I came across it when I was playing the cheeseateer. <laughs> I was playing the the Witcher three, and and they had a really good one. It was a something mancer. Gosh, I wish I remembered it, but it was like, it was like if you took, you know, like necromancer, but made it about cheese instead of, you know, raising the dead. They had a word for it, and it was like it was brilliant. I wish I remembered it. it wasn't Cheesemancer? No, it wasn't Cheesemancer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, according to Wikipedia, mozzarella is 
a traditionally southern Italian cheese made from Italian buffalo's milk. Didn't say water buffalo. It said Italian buffalo. Click, on, water click buffalo? on Italian click buffalo and see if it's buffalo. the same animal. Or it's an similar. Italian breed of water buffalo. There you go. Let's buy some water buffalo. From Italy? Yes. <laughs> Won't we break the bank and pour them? <laughs> no. We'll get them shipped to this continent and then they'll ride a train to us. <laughs> they'll come by boat and then by train. That's how they put whales in the Great Salt Lake, Jordan. <laughs> Have you ever heard people say that? Chris is telling me that it was like a local legend that people put whales. See, see the Salt Lake Valley has their local folklore. They, um, around the turn of the century, they searched for whale eggs to bring into the Great Salt Lake. <laughs> but they couldn't find any, so they shipped, um, they shipped two whales from Australia to San Francisco. And then those whales rode a train... And we're putting the Great Salt Lake and never seen again. Wow. Yeah. True true facts, Jordan. True but that's facts. an unverifiable story, the one about the whales. Yes. I would like to make it true though. I would like to have it the Salt Lake whale watching company. That would be awesome. Where you get on a sailboat, like a wooden boat and just walk. Isn't it really shallow water though? Like um, oh, I'm sure for, it is for in some whales. Parts. Uh, and can aquatic mammals live in the salt? Lake? No, they can't. But <laughs> it's probably too salty, right? It is way too salty. Way saltier than the ocean. Yeah. But just think about having whale watching. I'm sure those two those two whales place. are still out there, Jordan. They're still out there. So yeah. how did the salt get in the Great Salt Lake, Chris? How did it get in there? The extinct whales left it there? No, it's no. transported there by river systems. Yeah. And it's it doesn't empty into anything, so everything that gets transported there stays, whereas over time the water like uh, will evaporate. So it's like its own ocean. It's like the Dead Sea, yeah. Yeah, Isn't basically the ocean it's salty. It, yes. Because all the stuff gets carried out there. Same yeah. reason, yeah. So it's like the local base level of our watershed. It's called the Endoraic What's that term did you just say? Endoraic. Endoraic. What does lake. that mean? It means it's like the finishing point. Of... Yeah. Everything flows to it. It doesn't flow to anything else. Yeah. Uh-huh. All the water Endoraic. just goes there and then evaporates. So if there's a trace amount of salt in that water, then over time it just builds up and builds up over thousands. There's no outlet to the ocean, yeah. basically, is what it means. It's like, a local ocean. Like an inland ocean. Yeah, it's great. Have you been there? No, I've never been to the Great Salt Lake. Is it really worth the pretty. trip? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I've never been there either. It's worth going to both sides. It's worth two trips. That's how great the Great Salt Lake is. I couldn't visit both sides in one trip? You could visit both sides in one trip, actually. What about Antelope Island? Is that worth visiting? Uh, If you want to see some bison. I hear there's this like special hunter tag that gets drawn like once a year or whatever where one person can take one deer or something from antelope island you heard about that no but i don't think you should be a hunt i don't i don't, I don't like that idea supposedly uh, it's only one a year i feel like if you make it to antelope island you should you get like a, a freebie it's like the pawn getting to the final row it's like <laughs> you get you get queened yeah it's like you, you've made it you, you're not allowed to be killed anymore you're it's a wildlife sanctuary or something that's what i would do hmm well apparently one thing i heard um was that if you're lucky enough to get that, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, so once you get it, you're out of the rotation for life. And a lot of people will resell it, because I guess it's transferable. 
And so people will sell it for tens of thousands of dollars. I'd buy it. You'd buy it? Oh, yeah. If you had the money <laughs> to, to take one buck or whatever from Antelope Island? Oh, yeah. It's just too expensive. So getting back to the Salt Lake, is the Jordan River the only outlet for Utah Lake? Yes. That's why it's named the Jordan River. It's because it flows northward from a non-Endoraic Lake to an Endoraic Lake, just like the real Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea northward. So they were thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, huh? So if not for the Salt Lake, like if you dammed up the Jordan River, Utah Lake would rise and then get salty? Yeah. Yeah. And the Salt Lake would evaporate. And then, well, it'd, be, and then it'd be like the, uh, well, the Salt sure, Flats. Actually, maybe the Salt Lake has other... It, yeah, probably, what are they called? Tributaries? Well, no, like other like you know bodies or rivers or whatever flowing into it. Yeah. There's the Jordan River. So is the Jordan River very salty then? No. No. That seems, I can't, my mind can't comprehend that. Like, you have this fresh water, right, flowing into this salty mm -hmm. water. Why doesn't the salt just diffuse everywhere? Well, it does. It's just a tiny amount of salt gets built, it gets dropped in there over time, and it can never leave as the water cycle oh, recycles water off. So the salinity in the Great Salt Lake has been building up forever. Yeah, the, forever. Forever, exactly. yeah. the concentration just rises and rises. There's no way to... There's no way for that to really end. There's no way we could desalinate the Great Salt Lake. I'm sure we could, but what would be the point? I don't know. Why do people play Minecraft? <laughs> What's the point? This fun, Jordan. You're just going to build a bunch of stuff and then abandon it. Why not take salt out of the Great Salt Lake? <laughs> That's just as pointless of a goal. Maybe. You know. I think that'd be cool. We'd make a lot of money if the Great Salt Lake weren't salty. Yeah, or at least sufficiently desaltified that whales could live there yeah right? so we should make exactly let's make a canal from the great salt lake into like the colorado river and just have it part of that system over time we'd turn into a freshwater lake yeah yeah and then we can make tons of money doing real boating how long would that take are we talking millions of years like is the sun burned out by the time no, we it, it, no no it takes way more time to build up the salt than it does to get rid of it because there's a ton of water flowing in all the time mm-hmm so if if it were emptying, then it, it wouldn't take that long, I don't think. I mean, think about it this way. Like, if you put salt water into a pot at home, and then you, you know, turn the sink on and let it trickle in there, but at a rate where the water is evaporating fast enough that it won't ever overflow, it would take... You'd probably be dead before that water got salty, Right. Um, but on the other hand, if you increase the flow, let's say you put salt in there so it was salt water, and then you increase the flow coming out of the sink so that it was trickling in fast enough that it was overflowing at the same time, then it probably would only take, it, it might even take less than a day for the water to cycle enough to not be salty anymore. So I think it would, it would lose the salinity really fast, at least compared to how long it took to build it up. I think it would be way faster to turn fresh. So we'd have to be really careful about desalinating it because the whales would die when the water turns right. fresh. That's <clears> right, yeah. We I'm can't not... have whale blood on our hands. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works because I, I know that they've caught whales in the Great Lakes, I think, or maybe that's folklore. But yeah, if they can have great, you know, if they can have whales over there. Then I think we should ship like all sorts of whales and things to put in the Great Salt Lake once it's fresh. Like just stock it with tons yeah. of fish. Well, how's it going to be the Great Salt Lake without whales in it? Yeah, it won't be. 
We're going to put the Utah Chub in there. We're going to put... <laughs> What's the Utah Chub? Utah Chub's a fish. Oh, all right. <laughs> We're going to just stop, you know, it's going to be... We're going to make a resort town with our new freshwater lake. Make tons of money. So do lots of people go to visit the Great Salt Lake? No. No, but the Dead Sea is like, isn't that a major, don't people go to see the Dead Sea? That's, I think that's just because of Judeo-Christian culture, I think. It's just it, a it, thing it to see a, while it has val- Yeah, it has like There are a finite historic, number of places you can go. Yeah, his historic significance, I think, historical significance is probably why people go. It's part of the old world, because it's more yeah. interesting. You got the tomb yeah. of Joseph of Arimathea, the... Uh, Sea of Galilee, the yeah. Dead Sea, Jerusalem. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is over there. So everyone's going to the Dead Sea. Yeah. Everyone goes to do the tour of the Holy Land. You Whereas know? we've got like uh, Thanksgiving <clears throat> Point and Arches and Moab. Temple Square. So yeah. why would you go to the Dead Sea or the, the Great Salt, Salt Lake? Yeah. I, plus I hear it doesn't smell great. Is that true? Yeah. Who cares though? <laughs> <laughs> so it smells awful. Um, yeah, it's not that strong, though. Hmm. Especially once you're in the water, it's not that bad. How far in the water did you go? Well, it's really shallow, so... You have to walk out really far? You have to walk out really far in order to be up to your chest. Um, Did you lay down in it? No. I heard that's the thing to do in the Dead Sea. You lay down and it's so salty that you have really high buoyancy. So it just like puts you like right up to the surface. I've heard of that, but then I've also heard of people dying in like massive storms on the Great Salt Lake. What? And so I'm like, how do you? So it's like if you can't sink, how do you die? Like I'm, I'm not sure. The waves just crazy during storms. I don't know. Some people boat on the Great Salt Lake. Yeah, you can only sailboat. You can't have like a motor motorized motorized boat. Is that because it's not very deep. I think it's because the salt would ruin the machine. Oh. It could be due to exhaustion, too, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you don't have to move but and you're floating on the surface, then maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe cold. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'll have to read about that. So how deep does it get, the deepest point? I'm not sure. I know Utah Lake is only, like, maybe 40 feet deep at the deepest. But I think the Great Salt Lake is wide and shallow, and that's how it gets... That's what helps it get salty, too, because it has a lot of surface area to evaporate. It kind of has to be wide because it doesn't, it can't drain anywhere. Yeah, I've never been. Maybe I should go. Maybe we should go, Jordan. Maybe. Maybe we should podcast there. You should visit the blue side and the pink side. Wait, they have different colors? Yeah, the lake, if you look on Google Maps, you can see this, but there's a causeway, a bridge going across the lake, like for a railroad. And so... The lake water actually doesn't mix, and so it's two different colors. Interesting. But one side is pink, and it's really cool. Huh. What makes it pink? Just the minerals in the water? Or? It's probably something like that, yeah. Algae or, or something, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So there's two halves of the lake oh, separated yeah. by... By a railroad. By a railroad. It must be pretty shallow, then, if they can do that. To where they still don't mix. They didn't make a bridge necessarily. They made, I guess they just kind of built a dam in the middle then. I think we should do that to Utah Lake. Put a bridge across? Yeah. Um, I think it's it would be really expensive and it would only benefit people that live over there. 
<laughs> probably not. Maybe maybe if they made it like a you know like a toll bridge so that the people that use it pay for it instead of the whole county or the whole state. I don't know. I could see it happening if like um, what do you want to say? Like the current side of the lake, like how many people live there? If that eventually happens to the empty side. Right. Eventually, it builds up to the same amount of people. Right. If, if it built up more, yeah. yeah. The way the way it is now, though, like it's not big enough, I think, to justify. And there's no reason for anyone who doesn't live out there to go there. You know, there's no reason for people living in Provo to cross the lake to go to Saratoga Springs. Right. Maybe if they had more businesses and things there. Yeah. If people, yeah, if they had significant jobs on that side, then that would make. Uh, that'd provide a reason for people who don't live over there to go there. But right now, it's all residential, pretty much. So yeah, I don't know. It would be. It would probably be necessary, like you said, if if it ever built up enough on on the west side of the lake. But like if the sides were equally built up. Yeah, I can see them having a a bridge. <clears throat> yeah. For sure. It would be cool. It would be scary to drive across, though. You think so? Why? Because it's so long or what? No, <laughs> just driving over water is freaky. It kind of is, yeah. Have you seen, um, the, uh, what's it called? It's a bridge on Lake Pontchartrain. Oh, it's like this gigantic highway bridge across a lake in Louisiana. And there are points where you can just look out the window and it's just all water. You don't see any land. And you're just driving down this causeway. Sounds surreal. Yeah. It'd be really bad if that bridge collapsed while you're on it. <laughs> so, you can't even see land from where you are. You're done. It's a long way to swim. Yeah. A bridge would be cool, or an island in the lake would be cool. Should we build an island in Utah Lake? That'd be sweet. Maybe it would sink, though, like the airport, international airport in Osaka. That one's sinking. They built a man-made island off the coast and put an airport on it. I don't remember what rate it's sinking at, but something like a few <clears throat> centimeters a year. So I think it's eventually going to be lost. That's every man-made island, though. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Do you know how to make an island, Chris? <laughs> no, I think they just like dredge up sand into sandbars. And then, I don't know. I know they do a lot of that in the Arab Emirates. They have like fake islands that look like the world map or a palm tree or whatever, and you can live on it. Huh. Interesting. Never heard of that. Looks cool, but it's... Uh, eventually gonna wash away because it's not supposed to be there yeah was there anything that you wanted to talk about today no <laughs> no <clears throat> do you consider yourself an introvert um no <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, just because of what, from my understanding of what 
the definition is. I don't so know. does that make you an extrovert then? Yeah, more, more so. I think a lot of people probably are like in between. Like, yeah, there's a yeah, spectrum. One foot in, one foot right? out or whatever. Most yeah. people are not extreme introvert or extreme extrovert. So why do you think you're an extrovert? Do you like being social? Yeah. Hmm. What about uh, privacy? Do you consider yourself a private person? What does that mean? It means like you wouldn't want to go on somebody's podcast or something <laughs> for fear of having information about you on the internet. Well, evidently, I'm doing like both at the same time, right? I'm appearing on the podcast whilst minimizing my digital footprint through anonymity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think what confuses most people when you say that you're, that you feel like you're an extrovert is that you have a lot of characteristics that are typically associated with introverts, such as it takes you a long time to like warm up to people. Would you say that's accurate? Uh, depends on the person. Depends on the person. So no. No? Hmm. And you aren't very talkative. That's not talk. Being talkative is kind of seen as like an extrovert. Depends on the situation. Attribute. Yeah. Overall, like what most people say, like other people around the office have said, that you don't talk much. You're very. Oh, what's, what's the word they say? Huh. Dignified. Not, not really <laughs> shy yeah, sure is the word they're looking for. What's the word? Um, reserved? Reserved, probably, yeah. They're How could reserved. I appear dignified? That would be a great... You're wearing, monocle. You're wearing a button-up shirt, yeah. A monocle. <laughs> I always wear a button-up shirt. And a cane. A cane? What's the purpose of a cane? Looking to dignified. Help you, to help you walk. Is it, is it just... Is it to do that or is it to like, hit people with? <laughs> If you're Biff, then it's for hitting people, too. <laughs> is it for, like, caning people, or is it actually, do the people, or were there just that many crippled? It, it's probably both. I feel, I feel like it was just to hit people. Right? If, you're, <laughs> if you're standing a lot, it can be nice to have one to kind of lean on, I think. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I think that's mostly what it's, what it's used for, but I think it's also, um, I don't know, it seems like it was kind of used as an accessory for men, too. Like, you know, you just carried one because it was fancy and, I don't know, maybe made you look dignified. <laughs> maybe it was also used to, to fight people off. I don't know. Self-defense. Is that an accessory you think should come back? A cane. Huh. I don't know. Maybe we should bring it back. How would that happen? <laughs> we would just have to do it. You'd make a cane company? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Start selling canes, advertising uh, canes. You put like a Fitbit in it or something, right? It needs to have some sort of gadgetry. It's got to have a Wi-Fi cane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to update the firmware on your cane from that time to time. <laughs> Tell you how many steps you've taken, <laughs> how many people you've <laughs> you've beaten, <laughs> you've caned. <laughs> well, that's right. You've caned three people <laughs> today. Maybe the best use for it would be to make it like an external battery. So it's just an external battery, basically 
wrapped up in a cylindrical piece of wood <laughs> or something. And then you just plug your phone or watch into it or whatever to recharge them. I wonder if that would work. Just carrying a battery around in the form of a cane. Yeah, or you could use it to sneak shampoo on airplanes. Yes. <laughs> shampoo and toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta have a small enough container. You don't, you're allowed to have toothpaste. Yeah, it's true. We're not mm. that fascist just yet. Just yet, yeah. Yeah, soon there'll be no toothpaste, no diapers. Diapers? Are diapers on the chopping block? No, I'm just saying it's we're going to make you feel uncomfortable because we like it. Yeah. yeah. So why don't, you, why don't you talk about the TSA, your feelings on the TSA, or cigarette smoking man? Uh, the TSA <laughs> is just a jobs program. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they have no, they aren't effective, and they make everything worse. But they're just you know, it's a yep. way to pay people. Yeah, they cost money. Something. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the the construction that's going on going on around here. Uh, By the yeah. time it's done, it'll be inadequate, and we'll have to do it over again. Yeah, that's probably just like money laundering, though, or like favors for favors. Yeah, I'm not down with the TSA either. Every time I have to travel for work, it's just. Such a pain to get through security and it's just a lot of inconveniences. And the funny thing too is like you can go buy some like pre-check pass for like 200 bucks or something that lets you bypass security. So Mr. Wannabe Terrorist, if such a guy exists, just has to go and pay 200 bucks and then he can bypass the security screening at the airport. I want everyone to be able to bypass it. Right, but like it just—I think it just illustrates how security theater. Yes, exactly. How ridiculous it is. It's like if you're planning to sneak a bomb on an airplane, why wouldn't you just go do the pre-screening and then bypass all the, like, bypass the dog, bypass. Can't bypass the dog. I think you do. I think the dog will smell your bomb. Maybe, but it's like in a different section. You're walking through like the fast track, and it's it's busy checking out other people. Can't fool the dog. Maybe, you could fool it if you had a gun, though. I don't know what the dogs are trained to find. Probably just explosives. Probably drugs. Probably, yeah, drugs and yeah, maybe just drugs. I don't know, but then you bypass the uh, the scanners. Like, I don't know. I mean, seems like if you're if you're trying to blow up a plane with yourself on it that a $200 fast pass would be the way to do it right it wouldn't it would it would be an asset for you that yeah. would be that would be the way you would go about it sure in the context of all that you're giving right yeah 200 is not very much no i'd buy that for other places if i get like a grocery fast pass for 200 bucks i'd pay for it to never have to wait in line like yeah. at Walmart or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once Disney takes over the world, we're going to have to buy fast passes to like use the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so then if you're down with this whole like fast pass um, system, where do you come down on net neutrality then? In terms of what? In terms of being able to buy better service. For example... Um, if you want to be able to pay for 
higher speed prioritization or if somebody like Netflix wants to be able to pay for it. Um, hmm. When did I say I was down with FastPass? <laughs> <laughs> just, just a minute ago, you said you'd buy it from Walmart. I mean, oh, yeah. I guess maybe you wouldn't like it, but you would you would do it, right? I meant like just for me though, like right. like I'm royalty. Like I don't want other people to be able to. Oh, buy I it. see. I see. <laughs> I don't want it to be a thing you can buy. I just want to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For dignified men with canes only. That's right. Speaking of Disney, I heard their Star Wars attraction is not doing well. Their what? They they built like a whole new Star Wars part of the park. That sounds awesome. But they decided that it would not have anything from the original trilogy. It would only be current Star Wars, which is episode seven and eight. So what's in it? They've got like a ride and they have one ride and then they have like a bunch of like shops you can go to and a, a cantina. A cantina? Yeah, they have a cantina. Does it serve alcohol? Yes. So you can get a cerveza at the cantina? Yes. That's awesome. And, and they're playing like the Moss Eisley music in the background or whatever. Of course they are. And um, so... We should go to the cantina. There's a cantina, but here, here's the problem. First is, they kind of like totally dissed everybody who's a fan of the series because they, they specifically said, we're not going to do anything that has anything to do with episodes one through six, which kind of destroys basically the, the core part of their fan base, I think. The second problem is that they raised the prices to the point where I think it's $250 to get into Disneyland now. So you have to pay 250 bucks to go get a drink at the Moss Eisley Canteen. It's not even the Moss Eisley one because that's from, you know, earlier episodes in the series. So I don't know where it's supposed to be. But to get a drink at the Star Wars Cantina, $250 to get in. And I bet the drinks are super expensive once you're there too. Yeah. Everything um, in the park is expensive. And then they have an area where you can, like, I guess, build a lightsaber, which sounds incredible, right? I would love to do that. But apparently it's $200 for the lightsaber, and the lines are really long. So you wait for like two hours to go assemble a lightsaber out of different parts, and then you pay 200 bucks for it at the end. So the lightsaber part sounds cool, but too expensive. And paying 250 a person to get into the park, it's pretty steep. Pretty steep. And the fact that it has nothing to do with like episodes four through six, to me, is is a big mistake big mistake why would they do that it's like sure i know you want to focus on the stuff that's happening now right but like there is so much history to that ip so much like fandom around like the the old school stuff that why wouldn't you capitalize on that you know, why don't you have the old and the new you know seems like a mistake to me but and apparently it's not doing well financially well there you go it's not just an opinion thing. Yeah. Disneyland patrons have voted with their wallets. Yeah. Well, shall we go get something to eat? Up to you. Yes, we're going yeah. to get something to you, eat. You ready to wrap this up? <laughs> sure. I'm always down to eat.
Any parting words? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Nope. Is there anything that that you can think of that our listeners would want to hear the cigarette smoking man speak about? Well, they'd want to know about Mulder's sister. I don't know anything about that. Okay. Here's a question that I think people want to only answer to. Your opinion on Donald Trump. DJ Trump? Um, his opinion on him as what? As a president, as a person, as a leader, whatever. Wherever you want to go with this. I think as a president... Would you want him as one of your farm boys? You <laughs> Absolutely farm? not. He's not cut out for it either. Um, I think he's taking away some of the the cane holding dignity from the presidential office. I think that's good. But that's really pretty much all I can say. Mm. Did you vote for him? I don't vote. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I don't live in a state where my vote would count. So it's true. Voting. It's true. Does anybody really, though, mathematically? Not really. Maybe more so than you, but no individual is going to affect the outcome. Well, there are battleground states where it's not, like, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter if, like, 12 million people voted for Donald Trump in California and none of their votes counted. Yeah. Because it's not a contested state, so... And I don't live in a contested state. So True, but even, even in a contested state, unless the vote was, you know, decided by only one person, you know, if, it, if the tie was so, unless the tie was so close that your one vote would tip it either way, I don't think it, it's that different, right? I don't know. Just my opinion. For that reason, I, I tend to vote more like as a way of showing support rather than as a way of hoping I make somebody win, if that makes sense. Because I don't think what I vote is ever going to matter mathematically, right? It's more of like a declaration of support, which is why I won't vote for somebody unless I really feel like I can support them. So that's just my, my opinion on the matter. I guess that's all for episode eight. Yeah, that's it for episode eight. If there's anything we didn't talk about with the cigarette smoking man, you can leave questions in the comments and maybe yeah. we'll be able to get them back at a future time. Maybe. This guy's kind of tight-lipped. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.